guys. Welcome to the Burst of Imagination podcast. Uh, my name is Kevin. I'm here with my brother. Mac, nice to meet you. And we are two brothers who kind of love everything about uh, being creative, marketing, writing, and uh, that's why we put this podcast together. So today, stay, stick with us. Uh, today, we're looking at creating believable characters. So this is vital uh, if you're an author, screenwriter, and even sometimes we're going to talk a little bit about acting. Um, so it's, it's going to be super vital for, for anyone who's uh, dealing with characters, creating characters, using characters um, in, in what you're doing. So we have a, a blog that is uh, going live on our site and elements of this blog we caught from different sources. Uh, my brother is awesome and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of brag on you a little bit, bro. Uh, because you got me a year supply of masterclass masterclass.com um, and I've just I've just freaking loved that thing and I think it's actually one of the things that inspired me uh, to come up with this this blog article no definitely masterclass is a, is a great site to hear from um, from people that have obviously been very successful and kind of hear their stories and their their, their take on different things uh, from so many different types of um, you know, professions and, um, and, and, and just different, you know, uh, skill classes. So it's kind of fun to, uh, there's a lot of stuff, you know, that might even be out of your element that you'll be able to use a, um, maybe something that they do and something that you do in your, in your creative ventures, whether it's writing or something else. Um, I think there's a lot of kind of good stuff. And in fact, I, you know, I, I learned a, quite a bit from the, uh, the entrepreneur who created, uh, the, the Spanx, uh, <laughs> um, products basically just about her, um, how she just kind of stuck with something, even when uh, a lot of people didn't believe in her and stuff like that. So there's really great stories across the the board with the masterclass um, that you, that you can utilize and and tips that you can utilize kind of in your own work and different things. And it sounds like uh, you were able to do that and um, coming up up with the, with this topic. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's kind of interesting. Um, well, I mean, it's a cool concept that we're going to take people who are experts. In different fields, whether it's acting, directing, writing, uh, they have chefs, they have pen and teller music uh, magicians, uh, they have a, a, a musician, um, and, and it's like we're going to kind of extract their knowledge and uh, make it a, a available. So it's very uh, binge worthy. Um, so it's kind of a it's nice to kind of spend time watching something that's going to educate you. Versus just watching like Netflix for, you know, uh, days <laughs> on. So, so one's probably better for your mental health <laughs> than the yeah. other is my guess. So um, creating believable characters. So this is something that is vital to um, every story. Um, we have to be able to believe that, that the, the people that we're interacting with, that we're experiencing through the story that they have elements of realism to them. Um, if, if you can't believe those characters, it's, it has this jarring effect that takes you out of the story. It's kind of why, you know, if you go to a movie and you, you see, it's amazing that you can see the same actor doing different roles and believe them in this new role, right? Because they become these other characters. Um, and it, 
well, okay, I say that, but then there's like certain characters, like I think my wife tells me, um, like uh, the villain from A Night's Tale. She, he he was such a good character, like evil villain in that movie that she can't see him as anyone other than like a bad guy. So even if she <laughs> sees him in like regular stuff where he's not a bad guy, he's like she always doesn't trust him. Uh, so, <laughs> that's, that's um, so I don't know if that's a good thing or, a, or if that's a failure on the new stuff, or um, he was so good in that first role and like it cemented who, his identity, you know, in her in her mind. Well, and, and I don't want to go too off topic, but th- that's actually a Hollywood trick. Um, Hitchcock used to do that. He would cast actors, especially bad guy actors, um, that you've known from other things. And what it does is it actually shortens the storytelling process because you don't have to spend so much time trying to make people realize that this person's a bad guy. They already come in with a lot of that knowledge that this person's a bad guy. So they can spend less time doing that in the storytelling process because that's already built into the actor that they casted. So Hollywood actually does that sometimes. They'll bring in an actor that is known for playing bad guys and put him in a role, and that actually saves them from having to do too much work to convince you he's a bad guy. And sometimes this works to trick you. Sometimes you'll put him in this role where he's always the bad guy, and you expect him to be the bad guy, and it turns out it was a red herring. He actually wasn't the bad guy. Uh, they just wanted you to think he was. So, so, um, so, the, so there, there's actually a, a reason sometimes you cast the same actors in certain roles a lot of times because it saves some of that storytelling uh, time and process. And that's also a reason pro- probably in, your, in, in our own story writing, uh, sometimes we'll kind of use um, you know, uh, ar- archetypical characters or stereotypical type characters um, because it saves some of that story uh, writing process uh, because there's some things that have kind of built-in knowledge sets that people understand. Nice. Um, one of the um, influences for for how to create believable characters for me um, came from Masterclass, as we talked about earlier. Uh, it actually came from Natalie Portman. So she has a Masterclass on acting, uh, but she was talking about um, how to um, understand your character uh, to be able to become them. And so one of the things that she does is she starts to think about how they think um, she starts exploring them from that character's viewpoint. So she starts asking questions like, okay, how does this character view others? What does the character know about what other people know about them? So it's like, sometimes you, you know, Oh, well, so-and-so thinks this about me. Um, so that impacts how you're you react to people. Um, you might be, a certain way to their face, but as soon as they're gone, you know, you, you react differently. Um, what is the character? Um, what's their point of view at different points in the story? So as, as we know, um, something that's vital in good stories is that the characters change. Um, they, they transform and they become something else at the end of it. Maybe they, they finally learn a lesson. Maybe they never do. Um, maybe they become a better spouse or, uh, where they figure out that thing they need to solve the problem and save the day, um, you know, but there's a change that happens. And so sometimes we have to take them out of the story and look at them at that exact point to the exact moment and say, okay, what's, what are their thought processes here uh, before they're not just like saying, okay, this is who they are throughout your story. And like, no, there's, they're, they change. And so their, their yeah. view and how they perceive the world actually changes. Um and a, and a lot of writing, a lot of writing books, they'll call that the, the character arc. Yeah. 
and they'll you know they'll talk about that's important that a character you know changes in one way from the beginning of the story to the end <clears throat> and you know it changes throughout so they'll call that the character's arc and sometimes they'll that'll be a complaint about a story is that uh, the character didn't have a very good arc or the character didn't have an arc uh, maybe the character didn't change at all um, you know so a lot of times that's kind of an, an important part of your story is to make sure that your character has an arc of some sort and that looks feels like kind of what you're describing there yeah um and then two other questions that she kind of threw out there is, you know, what does your character actually want? Um, and that's, that's a tough one. I think a lot of people go around and don't really know what they want. Um, but I think as, a, as an, as an author, we kind of have to go ahead and be a little bit more definitive. Um, I mean, we, we might be able to change what they want, but that's really going to be a key driver um, in some of the story elements, knowing what they want. And then a good another good question is what keeps them awake at night? Um, it's like, huh, and what really bothers my character, the point that they, they're having trouble sleeping over this thing. Um, so just kind of all good questions to, to ask and think about with these characters. And that, that's one of those things that just, it really takes time. Like you can't really rush it, uh, but you really have to like seek out some of these answers. No, definitely. Definitely. And, that, and that's really interesting hearing, um, her talking about that from an actor standpoint, because um, those are definitely things that um, in kind of all the writing books that I've read, um, those were kind of things that you needed to focus on um, with your characters. And a lot of times we'll refer to it as what's your character's internal goal and what's their external goal. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a lot of times, you know, uh, the, the character's external goal is to, you know, to get, to get the gold, you know, whatever it is, the, the treasure chest, but their internal goal is to be loved. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. uh, and sometimes those goals are, are conflicting with each other. So that creates kind of an interesting, um, you know, kind of challenge. And sometimes those, those goals evolve. Maybe what they thought they wanted wasn't really what they needed. Um, and, and, and that, and that can happen too, because, you know, as, as they change, um, you know, maybe their internal need at the beginning feels like it's, you know, greed, and everything else, but they realize that, you know, gold isn't going to make them happy. Money's not going to make them happy. And what they really need was friends and family or whatever it is. Um, or they needed to, to feel uh, worthy or something. Um, and, and, and these character arcs aren't just for the main character. Um, you, you can actually, uh, these are probably important for various characters in the story. Um, and, and including the bad guys, um, you know, bad guys sometimes will have an arc and sometimes, sometimes the more interesting bad guys, aren't just one-sided. They're not just villains. Sometimes um, from their own personal standpoint, you know, they, they, they might feel like they're the good guy. Um, and my guess is most bad guys probably do feel like they're the good guy. So you want to get into their head. <coughs> excuse me. You want to get into their head and figure out what their, you know, what their internal goal is. Um, in fact, I, I had read somewhere, um, you know, even when you're approaching scenes, um, you should approach each scene with the actors as, what does each person in this scene want? You know, what is their goal? What, you know, what, what is it that they want to get? Um, because, because each, each interaction is a give and take. So what is the goal of each person in each scene? So it's not just the full story, but just in every interaction, people want something, whether they're saying it or not. And that's the other trick too, is uh, when you're creating these characters, you can't be on the nose with everything. So much needs to be in subtext. So much needs to be um, with, with what's not said um, and what's it's, it's in between the lines. In fact, sometimes what people say is the complete opposite of what they want. 
And so that makes it a little more dynamic as well. Yeah, it's it's interesting that even like silence can be them saying something. You know, it's that's that's good. Uh, so thinking about some of the um, elements that you can use to kind of expand your understanding and your fleshing out of characters. Um, so um, some of the key kind of takeaways that we have in the blog is one is like take elements of your character from real life influences. I think we all have unique friends that have like these quirks to them. Um, you know, I think we, we as, as readers, like when someone has a quirk or flaw, like it makes them more believable. It makes them more human. Uh, we don't like to actually just like um, perfect people. We want people to kind of have nuances to them, whether it's an accent, you know, it's, it's, it's in, influenced by, um, people that we've seen in, in our own life, um, you know, maybe we had like the crazy uncle or, um, or a crazy college friend, um, they just would do this one thing. It's like, why did they do this? Uh, but you can take that element, you know, and put that into your character. Um, and it, it just becomes more real because it's, it's true to life. Uh, you don't have to, you know, don't still that person's whole identity and like that's your character, uh, but take elements of it, you know, and it, Neil um, Gaiman has a um, master class and he talks about um, it's, it's pretty important to be observant and just watch um, how people talk, what they do, why they do things um, and just listen to them um, and try to look at things in new perspectives. Um, and like, there's so, so much that you can gain from just real life influences and real life people um, that you can help flesh out your characters. Definitely. I think um, you have a book, children's book, which um, I think it's interesting because um, the town is kind of a character. Like you actually took an actual town, um, but it kind of has like a really cool backstory that I think adds a whole element uh to the overall uh stories that you kind of create throughout it no definitely and that's you know that's something an interesting thing to think about is uh using your town as, as its own character and personality um i remember as a kid you know we used to always learn about um you know the the different kind of st- the different type of stories where it was you know person versus person person versus nature um you know those type of things and um and so sometimes your your protagonist or antagonist may not be uh, an actual person. <laughs> it might be a location. It might be an environment. It might be a person, you know, going against the environment. Um, so um, giving that environment personality, um, you know, you can definitely use some of these same type of things, um, kind of research methods that you used uh, for creating characters and definitely put it into something that's not a person, um, you know, but you can definitely get something of personality. Um, there's a, uh, um, you know, there's, there's a kid's movie, I think it's called monster house or something like that. And, uh, and they have a house that comes to life and the, and the house has its own personality and, and, uh, they, they literally make it into kind of a monster with eyes and, and has its own kind of personality. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but looking at the personality of things, I think, um, is definitely important. And, and going back to just looking at your friends and family, um, you know, I think not just friends and family, but I mean, just any interactions that you have in public, 
or with anybody else. I used to bring a um, journal with me everywhere I went. And if I would just kind of notice something kind of odd or interesting that someone would do, I would just kind of note it down. Um, I got a lot of great kind of dialogue elements from just things that I have uh, kind of just seen people say. And I, I maybe didn't know what story it was for, but I kind of just saved it uh, just for, you know, just for a story in the future. In fact, in my journals, I have a, um, I have a section I call, um, I call them ornaments. So like if I have like, if I see something that's an interesting quirk or a characteristic that someone has, I'll call it a character ornament because I'll think about it like kind of dressing a, a, a tree of some sort or a Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll think of them or ornaments. The way, the way to make inter- you know things interesting is you decorate them. And so, um, you know, so if I see an ornament that makes someone interesting, I'll, I'll I have like a whole, um, you know, an, entire sections of, of my journals called character ornaments. And there's those are things I can go look at later on and go, OK, I'm trying to create a character. What's something might be interesting that someone has? Um, I have dialogue ornaments. Um, that I create. So what's something like an interesting thing that I've heard someone say, um, you know, maybe a certain pattern or the way they say it, the way they talk, um, the, the way, uh, you know, maybe certain words uh, that they use um, just make it, you know, really, you know, really interesting. So um, it's good to write those down as soon as you have them, because you're not going to remember them in the future more than likely, because, you know, so much is going to happen. And when, when you're eating those things, you're just going to forget. So um, just try to write those things down. And, you know, and also it's, it's probably a good exercise, you know, watch movies that have characters or TV series of characters and write down like, you know, observations about what's interesting about that character. What are the things that they do? What are their quirks? What are their flaws? I mean, I think flaws are so important to a character. I, I mean, especially even your protagonist, I think having a perfect protagonist is pretty boring. Um, if you have a story where everyone, um, the, the main character, everything is perfect in their life and they don't want anything the story's going to end pretty quickly, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, unless that's their arc where they have to have everything taken away and uh, they have to appreciate things differently. And well, that could be interesting. Um, but you need someone that's flawed. You need someone who has a challenge. Um, Hitchcock was, was notorious for giving people a handicap of some sort to make it more challenging to get through a situation. He'd put someone in a wheelchair. Um, Unfortunately, at that time, you know, women were considered a handicap. They, they weren't nearly considered as strong as men. So a lot of times women were cast because it was the idea that, you know, they might have more of a challenge than a man in a certain situation. But he, he did that uh, because he realized it was important to show that despite whatever handicap someone had they or whatever or whatever challenges they had, they could, um, you know, they, they could get past it. They, they could be successful. Um so, but, but I think it's good to give someone a flaw. I think, you know, good examples are, are like House, the, the doctor in House, uh, yeah. the team theories. Um, you know, he's a very flawed person. He's, a, he's addicted to pain medicine and he, and he walks around with a crutch, um, which, you know, the, the pain medicine is kind of his crutch. Um, so it's kind of interesting kind of seeing him having to battle that throughout all of those different stories throughout that series. So, so looking at, and of course, we can also pull from history as well. So historical figures, historical characters, um, those are also people with quirks that we can steal things from. Um, Another way to help flesh out your characters is take a a personality test. There's a ton of free personality tests online. I think um, you and I've talked about some of these, like the Myers-Briggs. That's a really good one and can really give you new insights uh, you know, just take it from your character's point of view, um, but you can actually learn a lot about your character um, by answering these questions um, and, you know, completing those personality tests. No, definitely, definitely. 
Um, another one is make up a conversation with the character. So pretend that you were a, a reporter interviewing them. Um, how would they respond? You know, would they get upset that you're asking certain questions? You know, ask them about what their childhood was like um, and try to get them to answer in their voice. How would they express it? How would they um, answer your interview questions? Um, what do they want to accomplish in life? There's something they wish other people knew about them. Um, so kind of putting on a reporter hat and just kind of almost observing how your, your character would respond and, and interact in, in that kind of uh, scenario. Definitely. Uh, another method is you, you could create a social media account for your character. Um, you know, is you, if anyone who knows, if you've ever filled out a Facebook profile or Instagram profile, and there's, there's these fields that are just mandatory. You have to put, put it in there. Um, you know, what kind of picture would they take to put on, on there? Um, and this is actually kind of fun because afterwards, um, you can even, as your book gets traction, you want to uh, interact with your readers, um, you could tweet from your character. You know, how, how would they react or respond on social media? Uh, it could be a fun way to interact with your audience. Uh, they get messages or see uh, posts, you know, may, maybe you could allude to plot elements um, on social media. It could add a new dynamic for your readers to kind of uh, have this experience with some of your characters, like actually make them come to life uh, outside of your book a little bit. Well, and, you know, and two interesting things to think about, you know, when you create a social media account for your character, um, just like everyone on social media, you know, you might kind of think about, you know, if this was a real character, what would they want people to think about them and what would be the truth about them? Because uh, a lot of times people have kind of a separate identity on social media than they, they do in real life. So that's kind of maybe something to explore as an exercise as well as, um, is, is what, you know, how, how do they show themselves to the world and how are they truly, you know, you know what, are, what are they really truly like? Um, and then the last uh, tip we had is uh, you could also attempt to write a resume for them, you know, here, you know, I, I always think interviews are, are kind of crazy just to think about because in a very short amount of time, you were trying to um, discover the worth or value of this person if they're going to be successful for, you know, years in your company. And you're trying to get all of that out from looking at a resume and meeting them in person um, for a very short amount of time. Um, and so it's actually kind of crazy to think about. Uh, that you're weighing their character based on this very small interview. Um, and so how would your character sell themselves? Um, if they had to explain their, their background, uh, their qualifications, um, and this can also be something you turn around and help you out as like a cheat sheet. So if you ever needed to go back and refer to um, you know, this character and how they would react, you can pull out their resume and see, okay, this is the life experience they've had. Okay, this is, um, you know, their, their professional background. Um, and it can kind of help you flesh out some of those interactions um, having this resume created. Well, and I, and I think looking at resumes is interesting. Um, really also just kind of thinking about someone's occupation. Um, people in different occupations um, have different mannerisms. They act differently than others. So I think that's really vital to kind of research and look into as well. So maybe when you're creating their resume, maybe you look at resumes of other types of people. Uh, maybe you look into just um, researching 
uh, you know, people in, the, in those professions. There's a, uh, there's a book that I have. It's called Writer's Guide to Character Traits. Um, it's an older book. I think it came out in 2006, but I think you probably still buy it online somewhere. Uh, but there's a, uh, there's a section of it called Traits of People in 42 Careers. So, for instance, like a trait of an accountant, um, their traits might be either they're self-controlled, practical, introverted, introspective, judgmental, responsible, wary of impulse, willing to give advice, conservative, conventional, conformist. So, um, you know, that's just kind of an example. Um, uh, an arc, uh, you know, uh, a trait of ar- an architect would be uh, attention to civic duties, uh, uh, very creative and sensitive to beauty, um, goal-oriented, uh, able to delegate. So um, possibly depressed or anxious. So, I mean, so there's just, um, and, and those are kind of, again, archetypes of a character. Um, when you create your, you know, your own character, you don't necessarily have to go by them, but that kind of gives you a guideline that, you know, does your character go against the, the mold or the perceived mold of a character? So, um, so that might be an interesting book to take a look at. Um, again, it's called a, a Writer's Guide to Character Traits. But just, I think, researching what are some of the personalities of different occupations. Um, and in fact, you know, don't ever hesitate to, um, you know, reach out and try to find someone in, in one of those things. You might be able to find a, a group online of, of people in that occupation. And you can ask them, you know, hey, what are some kind of traits or personality type things of people in this occupation? What are some things that these people do that maybe other people don't do? And that'll give a little bit of realism to your character. Nice. I like it. Kind of reminds me a little bit about the pulling it from real life. Um, Definitely. Pivoting a little bit, um, kind of still going on on the vein of masterclass. Um, So Neil Neil Gaiman had a masterclass, which I just – loved um one he has like this really rich voice and then he's like talking about storytelling and man it's just like so easy to like get sunk into the the um the class um but i I absolutely loved it but he talks about um one of the benefits of having a strong understanding of your characters is when you really understand their wants it can actually help drive your story along and can be something that you use to help avoid writer's block. He says he doesn't necessarily have writer's block uh, because he uh, understands what his characters want. And he's like, a simple thing you can do to help push the story along is you take two two characters and have them want opposing things. And now the plot is, what are they doing to get the thing that they want? Um, so I thought that was a pretty cool dynamic is once you have a better understanding of your character and their wants and desires, now you can actually have that help you further your story and write your story. Oh, I, I, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Whenever, whenever I have a story, so some of my better stories that I've, that I've worked on or been working on have very fleshed out characters. In fact, those are my strongest stories. Whenever you flesh out a character really well, you don't have to do much work in the storytelling process your characters really do have a mind of their own and you kind of know what they're going to do. Uh, sometimes you might pull them in different directions uh, mentally, but more often than not, I just kind of close my eyes and kind of watch them play and do what they're going to do uh, because I know them so well and they have such strong personalities that uh, it makes the writing process a lot easier. And really as at that point, as a, as a writer, really all you're doing is kind of play kind of uh, doing kind of world building or you're just kind of putting the obstacles and the challenges in their way and you're just kind of watching them react to it in your mind. So once you do all the hard work of kind of building the character to a point that you know who they are, 
um, then it kind of writes itself for you. Now, I will say, be careful with all the stuff we're talking about. What, one of the challenges writers have is that they over-research and overwrite. Um, I, I do this too sometimes, and that I spend so much time trying to find out about the characters, and there used to be a thing where for, for screenwriters saying that you should know your characters so well that you know what type of breakfast that they're going to eat. Um, and I, I think that, you know, that could be true for some, <laughs> I think for some, it becomes, it, it becomes a, a purposeful, um, distraction. It, it becomes a way to procrastinate from actually writing. Um, really the truth of the matter is you just need to know your characters well enough that they kind of can run on their own. Um, and some of that stuff you'll figure out along the way, but you know, it doesn't matter if you write down all these details about them, if you can't commit it to memory, it doesn't really serve any purpose when you're writing because you can't keep going back and looking at your notes and going, Oh, well, what type of breakfast did they eat again? What colors are toothbrush? What that just becomes a distraction. Um, and so you just need to write your characters, you know, or, or come up with enough about your character that they can kind of walk on their own and they kind of tell you their story and you can kind of commit it to your, to your memory. Um, so, you know, so you want to be careful not getting too much detail because sometimes some of that detail just does not matter. So you got to start finding out what detail actually matters about your character that's going to let you know who they are personality-wise. Um, that's not to say you can't research that other stuff, but you just have to be careful that you're not focusing on that so much that you never actually write anything. You know, because at the end of the day, you're not going to turn in a book that's a character study. Well, you might. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but I don't know who's going to buy that. It's like, here, here, here's a character study about a character I made up named Bob. <laughs> and, you know, and it's like, oh, that's interesting. Um, so everything we want to know about an imaginary character named Bob. Um, but, you know, so, so you just got to figure out kind of where to, where to stop doing the research at. And you might find that you have to come back and do a little more research a little bit later on. But the, the, the trick is you want them to be real enough for you as a writer. So they kind of just, they, they, they just kind of do their own thing naturally. And you're not trying to force, you know, force these people that don't seem real to do things that don't seem real. I think that's a, a, a natural segue to um, another thing that's very important in your writing, and that's the voice of your character, your character's voice. Um, so I, I've kind of heard it explained that it's the unique, a character's voice is their unique combination of your writing style with that, that character's personality. Um, and so it, it's your character's personality, it impacts you know, how they say things, uh, in both words, when they say things, um, kind of their, their thought process, are they positive thinkers? Are they negative thinkers? Um, are they silent in certain situations? Uh, is your character educated? That's going to change the type of words that they're going to use and how eloquent they are, or if um, maybe they're a child. Um, and so their, their, their vocabulary, maybe the, you know they might not speak in complete sentences at that point, um, or they might be just silent. They might not actually want to speak up. Um, and so um, I writerly actually has a YouTube video on it. Um, and uh, if you want to see the, the link for that, it would be in our blog post as well. Uh, but it's how to give your character voice. Um, and she actually outlined uh, five kind of uh, pretty important uh, ways that you can do that. Um, but just wanted to, bro, what are your thoughts on the character's voice? Um. No, I, mean, I think that's something you kind of develop and find, and, and, and it might not be something that you have in your first draft. Um, you know, sometimes when you write your first draft, it's just kind of all the, um, 
you know, you're just kind of getting it on paper. So it might be something that you might have to edit and polish to kind of, you know, really find who that voice is. Um, you know, especially with the different characters. Um, I think that's a challenge for some writers is to, is to make sure that your characters sound different. Uh, sometimes all your, all your characters sound the same and that might be a challenge for writers as well. Um, but, uh, you know, different age groups, you know, sound different, different. Um, like my, like my son, I remember a, a long time ago, it was storming outside or the, 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 car, the clouds were getting really dark and starting to storm. And, and he asked me, why, you know, why, why do the clouds look so angry? And I just love that because it's, it's a thing that only a kid would say. Um, but it was, but it was great because it, it was definitely a character type thing. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think there's just things like that that are just kind of little gold nuggets that, you know, once you, once you hear it in the writing, it just feels real. It feels like someone really said that. You really kind of feel like that's an actual character. Um, so sometimes it takes a little more work to come up with that, you know, that actual personality, that character, um, and especially different characters throughout your story. Um, you know, because as, as a person, you know, we tend to have our own voice and it's really easy just to kind of, um, you know, implant that um, on every uh, <laughs> every person you're writing and they all sound the same. So that, that might take a little more work for some people um, to kind of come up with a different voice. Uh, and you may not get it in your first draft. It may be something that you have to kind of keep fleshing out um, kind of just slowly um, until, you, until, until it has its own voice. Yeah, and then once it, it does... Um, it's really important that you go through in your edits and make sure that voice is consistent. You don't want someone to all of a sudden sound more educated um, in one area and then, you know, then they sound less educated in another, or um, they have a very strong accent or they, you know, you use a certain phrase incorrectly all the time, except this one time. So you want to make sure your voices are consistent throughout. I think that's another kind of important thing. Yeah, good, good call out. Um, so the it, within the the YouTube video from iWriterly, uh, so some of the tips that that she pointed out was um, avoid uh, sticking to archetypes. So they're good to kind of give an idea, uh, but they shouldn't be um, cookie cutter, one hundred percent. You know, this is their voice is just stuck to this archetype. Um, then there's a creative backstory for the character. So if they're important enough to have a name, then they're important enough to have a backstory. Um, and it doesn't necessarily, the backstory doesn't necessarily have to be in your book, uh, but you should know the, the backstory, right? They should have a backstory. Uh, word choice should directly reflect your character's background and their age. We talked about whether they're educated or not would influence like the, their word choices um, and use actions and reactions to portray characters. You know, sometimes um, it, the, their actions might be louder than words. Um, you know, the things that they're actually doing, maybe physically doing versus the things that they're saying. And then uh, give your characters flaws. Uh, we kind of mentioned earlier on the podcast that uh, it's not fun for, for readers to follow um, perfect people. Um, but we like people with like quirks and flaws that helps make them a little bit more uh, realistic. Definitely. And I think, I don't know, we mentioned that before too, or I think you might've touched upon a little bit is that um, who, a, who a person is, isn't always based on, <coughs> I'm sorry, let me restart that. 
who a person is isn't always based on what they say about themselves or what they do. Sometimes it's about how people react to them. So, you know, a lot of times our perception uh, more often than not about a character is based on how other people talk about them or how other people react to them. Um, That's really what's going to create our opinion about someone. Um, If someone is like this epic character, uh, we're going to believe it because everyone else believes there he's an epic character, you know? Um, so, um, so that's, so you really want to kind of, I think not just focus on the, your, you know, your character itself, but how other people perceive that character with, with, within the story. Um, that's going to kind of help, um, you know, I, I think with who your character is th- throughout as well. And I know that's a little bit different than going, that's kind of different than the voice part, but just something I was just kind of thinking about um, as far as the character development. Yeah, oh, that's good. That's a good call out. Um, well, I think that's 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 all we had. Um, any any final thoughts on character development? Um, no, I mean, I, I think you know, I, I think it's a fun thing to do. I think for some people, they really enjoy that this part of the process. I think when you have really good characters, I I think good characters make for good stories. Um, I, I think so. You know, like if you think about movies that you like, a lot of times you liked it because you really enjoyed the characters in it. Uh, if you don't like the actors or the characters in it, a lot of times you're not going to like the story, uh, even if it's a good story. Um, so I think character building is just one of those really important parts of, of the, uh, of the story process. Um, and just create, creating interesting characters. They don't have to be likable. That's a, that's a whole other thing too. Um, not everyone you build, even, even your main character has to be likable. They just have to be interesting. Um, because, People will read a book about someone they don't like if they find them fascinating, and so um, so that's another kind of takeaway is that you don't always have to make them like a likable character. In fact, sometimes people aren't likable until the end of a book. Um, you know, you, uh, you know, a house. I would I would think from the TV series, he's a very unlikable character throughout a lot of it. Um, but it makes it when he does do something nice or something that's redeeming, you make him like you kind of like him even more because he, he had such an art to get to that point. Yeah. Um, so. So, it, you know, so you know, when you're creating characters, think about what's going to make this person interesting or fascinating or page turning. Why am I going to keep following this person? Um, you know, what makes them interesting? Um, so, so don't worry about being likable. Um, just be interesting. <laughs> you know, there was a study about um, the effect of like psychologically in our brain, the way that we react to characters um and they actually the study was around the tv television show friends um but the way chemically and in our brain um that people reacted to things happening to these characters on the on the screen was the exact same reactions that you would have to something happening to people you knew in real life people you were interacting with in real life so um you know we do get drawn into these characters and care about them and they affect us as if they were real people that um, we carry conversations with that we know that are on our friends list um, and so I, th- I think it's important as, as an author that we honor that relationship and take time to get to know these characters um, to make them believable to make them real uh, because they will have a relationship with your reader at the end no, definitely, definitely. You know, and and I think for, 
I think for a ride or two, it, it's a fun journey. Once you get your character built and they're, they're kind of just telling you the story, you know, it's like you get a, a sneak peek of the story before anyone else does. Yeah. And it's just kind of, it's just kind of fun to watch and see what happens. And, and it's interesting the different story stories that kind of unveil themselves um, throughout once you know who these characters are. In fact, you know, there's a lot of stories where I'm riding and then all of a sudden something reveals itself that happens and I'm just shocked. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, <laughs> you know, or it'll, or it'll almost bring me to tears, like thinking how sad something is. And it's, it's not even real, but it's because I, because, because these characters are taking me on this journey because they're so real and I know what their goals are. I know what their wants are. I know what their desires are. And I know their struggles to get there. Um, you know, and so I, I, you know, I, I know how they're going to get there. And so when I see them achieve something or I see how, um, people perceive them versus maybe who they really are and then how that maybe is twisted from what real, you know, um, gets twisted somewhere or maybe when people find, find out who someone really is, um, it's just really easy to get caught up in the, in the emotion of, of, of the story. Um, because you're, you know, cause you, you feel like they're real people. You know, you, you've developed them enough that they, they, they do have a personality of their own. Yeah, that's that's well said. Well, um, thank you guys. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Burst of Imagination. Uh, definitely, if you want to uh, learn more or um, connect with us more, go to our website, www.burstofimagination.com. Uh, until then, stay creative, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye, guys. <laughs>